Hey everybody, Josh here. Just a reminder that this is part two of Onslaught. I'm not going to guarantee that listening to part one will make part two make any sense, but you might miss a couple of jokes. All right? All right. Now on with the show. Some deep reactions, please. All this comics narration ain't me. A little more talk, a lot less read. A little five babies of what I need. Close the trade, open up your brains. Explain it to me. Explain it to me, baby. Explain it to me. No, I thought we, we weren't we weren't done. <laughs> no. Oh God, no. We're not even he we're said, about halfway through. He said with hope in his voice. Uh, yes, as as we ended, uh Aurora is going to go check in on Cable. Uh, Wolverine goes it alone because, of course, he does. He's basically like, I gotta go check something, and jumps on a motorcycle and rides off because he's 90s Wolverine. Uh, Archangel and Psylocke are, like, on their way to the mansion. The only person there is Bobby, who's watching after uh, X-Man. And so they talk to Bobby, and Bobby says... God, what does Bobby say? Because it's... um, Oh, he's explaining to to Psylocke kind of what happened and at the end he's like physically we all came through in one piece but emotionally I don't know Psylocke that thing we have to fight I mean it is Professor X and her response is the same man who trained us to be prepared for any malevolent mutant threat Robert presumably even one posed by the professor and like Bobby's like and they call me Frosty is there somebody there I could talk to that has a heart (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and as we're seeing more go ahead oh no i would just yes that's uh i'm glad the author is calling out some of this <laughs> well and as we're seeing more and more in these comics bobby drake is a fucking bitch like even before he was identified as queer he was like uh, uh he was well on his way <laughs> yes god he's vicious <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, in uh, their lair, uh, Dark Beast is trying to, like, mansplain to Onslaught, and Onslaught is like, shut up! You are speaking to me as if I were a child. I am not. I know your every thought before you think it, so stop making noise. Uh, yeah, uh, he monologues for a while about how he's going to take over the Earth, <laughs> uh, and we see that Charles is basically in the fetal position, locked up inside of Onslaught. Mm-hmm. It's a metaphor. Yes. <laughs> so then we move to Avengers number 401. Uh, Gambit is just hanging out with the Avengers um, in Avengers Mansion. Uh, they're going to go try to find Magneto by allowing Hank Pym to mess around with Cerebro. What could go wrong? <laughs> like, really, that's the person you give it to is Hank Pym? All right. That, yeah. Let me just focus on how many women I can abuse. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, I was uh, going to go with the guy that made Ultron, but yeah. Yeah, I well, know that too. That too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Hank basically is like, okay, well, I'm going to isolate uh, the mutant gene for Magneto, and I can't find him that way. Oh, you know what I'll do? I'll check for magnetic, like, disturbances in the Earth's magnetic field. Oh, yeah, there he is. He's in South Carolina. Uh <laughs> Yeah, okay. As as they're flying to go and confront Magneto, Gambit's like, 
Hey, so what was it like to to Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver? What was it like to be part of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants? <laughs> <laughs> That's an insensitive question. <laughs> and, and Scarlet Witch is like, it was degrading. <laughs> <laughs> um, Scarlet Witch goes into a completely inappropriate bit of drama and story, basically about how you know uh, other dudes would like drool over her like there's a really not cool uh vision of mastermind and toad like toad is touching her bare thigh and mastermind is behind her with like a a hand on her bare shoulder because most of her costume is bare uh and then she's like oh yeah then magneto would put them in their place to find a way to hold on to me tightly and like She's there with her arms above her head, like bust out with her legs exposed, like floating in the air. Like it is incestuous as fuck. We get it. A man wrote this. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Going back to maybe not, we shouldn't write everything. Yeah. Well, and then, and then afterwards, Vision's like, well, you've never told me that story. I didn't know about that. She's like, it's not your concern. And Quicksilver is like, really really close to her face and he's like he will not hurt you my sister i promise i will not let him and i'm like dude back the Stop. fuck off or <laughs> not the ultimate version <laughs> uh meanwhile in norfolk virginia <laughs> rogue rogue and joseph are getting a car fixed joseph is magneto uh Apparently, Rogue and Joseph have somehow hooked up in a recent Unlimited issue that was not part of this. But they are together together. Rogue, by the way, knows that he's Magneto without his memories. So... All right. (laughs) Not happy with you, Rogue. Uh, Something. Yeah. Remember how we talked about how great these stories are and there's all these great morals that should be paying attention to? (laughs) 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 oh why is the world so broken (laughs) the avengers show up and pietro immediately just starts kicking the crap out of joseph uh vision it starts to question like if joseph like are you magneto when rogue fights him to stop him from talking basically rogue is like listen he doesn't know don't don't poke the the subconscious let's let's do this in a more subtle way but she has to fight people to stop them from being like hey are you magneto the person that killed a bunch of people (laughs) fabulous yeah uh joseph at one point reacts on instinct using his magnetism powers and knocking most of the avengers back uh but when wanda gets hit he shows compassion and he's like oh my god i'm so sorry are you okay and she's like, oh, you're not Magneto. That's compassion. Uh, they all they all kind of like put their shit aside and decide that they're all going together to New York. So they get on the, the jet head towards New York. Uh, that is the end of that issue. Meanwhile, in Fantastic Four number 415, Lil Charlie is training Franklin in how to use his, his, his powers. Um, as Xavier, Professor Xavier, appears at the front office to see Reed. Uh, Black Widow is sending a message, uh, to Scott Lang, who apparently is with the Fantastic Four at this point in history, which, cool. 
Okie dokie. At the Baxter building about Xavier, Xavier's monitoring, like, from the lobby. And as soon as Black Widow's like, you need to stop Xavier, Xavier's like, well, that's enough of that. And just knocks Scott Lang out psychically. <laughs> Poor Scott. Oh, Scott. He's going to have brain cancer. He's going to have <laughs> so much brain cancer. Uh, meanwhile, the Fantastic Four are like, okay, cool. Like, hey, Xavier, what's going on? What, what are you here for? And he's like, I want you to give up custody of Franklin to me. <laughs> and they're like, hey, yeah, yeah. And Sue's like, no. <laughs> It goes as you would expect. Uh, and then Xavier turns into Onslaught and fights the Fantastic Four, dispatching them all real easy. Um, Bishop arrives, somehow, and between him and Sue, they're able to knock Onslaught down. And once they do, it's just Charles's naked body. And Charles is like, okay, Bishop, I, I don't have long. You need to help. Phoenix needs to be here. Uh, and, and he can help save me, or she can help save me. I, I need you to help me up because my legs don't work. <laughs> and when Bishop goes to help him, Charles is like, fooled you! <laughs> and goes evil again. All right. Uh, I, I, yeah. I have a question, uh, Professor L. So yeah. Onslaught is pure psychic energy, but when Onslaught goes away, there's naked charles xavier slash bruce banner like what like is there a there's no good reason for this i wish i had like okay. a really great explanation but it's just sure. this is definitely a case where it's like comic books because it kind of is whatever happens to suit the plot at that particular time got okay gotcha right so if xavier needs to like be a person and like fake everybody out then that's what happens when onslaught goes away or he disappears because it's the end of the issue and we got to go to the Avengers. Right. Oh. Okay. <laughs> That's hey comics, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So meanwhile, like on a shoreline in New York, like again, uh, next to the river, mm-hmm. with a view of the Baxter building, the Fantastic Four building. All right. Apocalypse and Iwatu are just like hanging out there. And like <laughs> Apocalypse breaks down the story so far. Like yeah. in a, like as he's been reading it with us somehow and he's like so onslaught is going after the richards boy but why is he doing that like what else is he looking for like and he's asking all this to Owatu, who is not responding like he's not talking <laughs> to him at all because he's fucking Owatu. right back in the baxter building little charlie distracts franklin uh basically to keep him unaware of all the fighting so franklin's perceptions are being uh dimmed by little charlie mm-hmm. while everyone there is like fighting apocalypse or uh, onslaught around him <laughs> yeah like reed has uh has blown himself up stretch armstrong style like if you put a, a hose into stretch armstrong to be all muscly and shit. Sure. Uh, <laughs> um yeah and they hit onslaught with everything they have and he like shrugs it off and levels them and just takes franklin with him and disappears all right the x-men arrive at mere island and fill moira in on what's transpired moira takes him to the basement to see the xavier protocols and this is fucking hilarious because as each person walks in the room it unlocks a different like part of the xavier protocols okay so um Oh, this is, by the way, Excalibur number 100. Okay. Um, so, like, okay. So, Gene and Cyclops walk in, 
and it unlocks the Professor Xavier one, which is a suit of armor that uh, that is anti-psionic. So it should block all psionic attacks. Uh, at one point, uh, Angel walks in, or Archangel, and it's like, excellent. Here is the, uh, the Xavier protocol number two. This is how you kill Wolverine. Uh, <laughs> and it's like, basically, uh, you need to uh, remove his head. Right. Uh, and then separate it from the body so it can never grow, regrow. Uh, until it eventually dies. Um, and then Psylocke and Cannonball walk down, and it's like Protocol 193, Cable. And like how to kill Cable. Uh, basically targeting his brain and major internal organs. Use his techno-organic virus to your, to your advantage. Like, it's it's 1,000% the Batman like story from oh, yeah. somehow the Batman story uh, Tower of Babel, which was done after this, is more famous. Uh, but yeah, this is pretty brutal. Uh, Moira downloads all of the Xavier protocols and gives it to Gene and is like, "Here you go." In Wolverine number one hundred and four, uh, I'm I'm just going to do a summary of this because there's a lot, a lot, a lot of talking. Um, this comic shows us that when Xavier's mind wiped Magneto, a dark side of Eric embedded itself into Xavier's mind, melding with all the repressed thoughts and feelings, which we, we knew, but this goes way more into detail on it. And right. it's a bunch of conversations between Wolverine and Elektra uh, while their minds are getting messed with. It's really, really weird. Um, and so I wasn't really going to go that deep into it. Um, so then we go to X-Men number 55. Uh, Sentinels are destroying New York, and apparently they're under the control of Onslaught. No explanation for how or why. Uh, both teams of Avengers and X-Men meet up at the Baxter Building, so they're meeting with the Fantastic Four, to compare notes and catch the audience up, uh, just in case they missed a comic or two. (laughs) Onslaught is coaxing Franklin to join him, so they can create anything they can think of. Hank Pym... It's having issues coming up with the armor that will protect people from both Franklin's power and Xavier's. Uh, we know that the Xavier protocols are on their way from your island uh, with uh, Cyclops and uh, Archangel and Jean and some other X-Men. Uh, so that's the whole thing is Hank Pym is like, something's missing. All the teams are fighting Sentinels in New York. When Onslaught appears above New York and monologues, and says that humankind will no longer inherit the earth and mutant kind will no longer be oppressed. And then Onslaught unleashes an EMT, EMP, across New York, crashing the Blackbird and destroying most of Manhattan. And the Sentinels are okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. All right. I just... Yep. <laughs> Either that like, or Onslaught don't know what an EMP is. It could be me. I, I could be wrong. <laughs> Uh, so then we go to Uncanny X-Men number 336. Franklin is a captive within Onslaught, and his only company is the unconscious body of Xavier. Uh, Gambit meets Joseph on a rooftop. He has seen that Joseph and Rogue are together, and he actually, this is a high point of Gambit, which I'm very proud of. (laughs) But instead of just being like, you're a fucking monster, he's like, listen, you're somewhat responsible for what's happened here. But I am the last person that can judge people for their past. 
right. Which is very true. Yeah. Uh, Ant-Man, Vision, and Iron Man are being cared for in the Baxter building because they've had their asses kicked by this EMP. Mm-hmm. Uh, Iron Man wakes up and immediately wants to go and basically construct the armor from the Xavier Protocols. It is not shown how he knows about them or, like, any of that, but he's like, hey, uh... Are Cyclops and Jean here? Because they have the thing that we can make the armor. Uh, <laughs> in Central Park, uh, Onslaught is absorbing Franklin and becoming more powerful. Uh, meanwhile, Xavier wakes up and is like, hey, buddy, I know who you are. And Franklin knows him, too. He's he's uh, uh, Uncle Charles because Uncle <laughs> Charles is close with Reed and Sue. So he's like, okay, well, I trust you. Um, and so they're trying, Xavier is trying to, uh, convince him that, listen, you just need to fight Onslaught. And Franklin's like, I don't know. I don't think I'm that strong. Uh, and Xavier's like, okay, well you can be. And then Onslaught shows up and is like, yep, nope, this isn't happening. And moves Franklin to a different part of (laughs) his interior to be like, no, you guys don't get to talk. That's not cool. Uh, Joseph basically goes down and faces off against Onslaught. Uh, magnetism powers to magnetism powers. This is where we see Onslaught has magnetism powers. Right. And they start basically getting into a, a magnetism off. Uh, Joseph manages to crack uh, Onslaught's armor. Okay. Cyclops takes that opportunity and blasts the same spot, making a, a hole. Sue Storm uses her force field to make the hole bigger. Right. And people can see Charles inside the armor like charles's body uh-huh. so thor flies in and pulls charles's body out of onslaught um and they think okay well that's it because xavier's part of onslaught so this is it nope onslaught instead is like i'm free now uh and he explodes in a ball of energy um combining Xavier's psychic energy, magneto's magnetism and franklin's reality warping all into one psychic energy source okay what could possibly go wrong so basically onslaught is now a maelstrom in the middle of new york oh apocalypse and Owatu are watching from a building and they're both like well this has gone too far (laughs) (laughs) uh apocalypse is like okay well what can we do and Owatu's like come on you know the answer and like holds out his hand and just brings up an image of cable (laughs) that is the end of that issue Meanwhile, in Cable number 35, Apocalypse shows up next to Cable, is like, hey, buddy, I'm going to need your help. But the fact that Cable and Apocalypse have basically been arch enemies, Cable's like, die! Yeah. Uh, Sue actually gets between them and breaks them up with force fields and is like, okay, listen, we need to listen to Apocalypse because he might be able to save my son. So Apocalypse needs Cable to transport him to the astral plane, which... Cable's like, okay. And Sue's like, I want to go too. And, Kate, and and Apocalypse is like, nope, you're not going. You're, you're a liability. You're the mother. And Cable's like, okay, hold on. And t- transports both of them into the psychic realm. Right. Uh, they travel to Onslaught Citadel and jump out at him. Basically, they're like, pop out, surprise! Um, <laughs> Onslaught is like, okay, cool. Well, I can create whatever I want. So you guys get to fight the Hulk, Post, and Magneto. Go. And he just creates them whole cloth right. to fight them. Um, in the scramble, Apocalypse like gets close to like this area in uh, in Onslaught's chest where he can see Franklin Richards, 
and goes to kill Franklin because, we find out in Word Bubbles, Franklin is a threat to him in the future. Franklin basically can undo Age of Apocalypse and will be a big stumbling stone in the future. So if he kills Franklin now, it's a step closer to a more successful Age of Apocalypse. Uh, Sue appears and is like, yeah, Cable and I set up a psychic connection like way before because we don't trust you and go fuck yourself. And so she fights uh, Apocalypse away. While Cable wrestles with Apocalypse, because now Cable's in on, oh my god, uh, Sue tries to get Franklin, but Onslaught teleports uh, Cable, uh, Apocalypse, and uh, Sue back to the streets of New York. Uh, Apocalypse is like, well, later, and teleports back onto the building top with Iwatu, where Iwatu's like, told you so. <laughs> uh, they really are settler and Waldorf and I'm here for it <laughs> uh, meanwhile inside of Onslaught Franklin now that he has seen his mother has like a glimmer of hope inside of him and he's like maybe I am strong enough mm-hmm. uh, somewhere in here okay so that's the end of that comic there's another one of those pages that's like uh, we're not going to include the comic but we're just letting you know that somewhere through here uh X-Factor defeated Dark Beast, freed a brainwashed Havoc, rescued the real Beast, and uh, X-Force and Mr. Sinister failed to keep Onslaught from taking X-Man. So X-Man was kidnapped. It's like when you get those little Chirons at the bottom, like when you're watching AEW, like on AEW Dark, who defeated who? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Where we're like, we know, because we actually watch AEW Dark and Elevation. Because... Mondays and Tuesdays are just kind of off days, and you should watch it because it's great. Yeah, I should. I really uh, should. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> so, in X-Men number 56, Rogue and Joseph are fighting Sentinels and about to die when they are saved by Doom! Yes. Uh, sure. well doom saves them and then it's like oh it's a pity you are joseph you are not magneto we could have done many good things together but you are a puss and like moves on (laughs) and captain america they're like what was that captain america's like okay now i i got this because i fought doom and huff he's here to save the world because if he doesn't save it now There'll be nothing to enslave later. Right. It's it's so great, actually. It's so Doom. It really <laughs> is. Oh, for sure. Like, as you go through the history of Marvel, this is not the first or last time. <laughs> like, Doom shows up to be like, no, no, no. Yeah. This uh, is not working out for Doom. <laughs> right. Onslaught is trying to absorb X-Man to add his psionic power to basically be a battery for his now reality-controlling magnetism and psionic abilities. So, uh, question, mm-hmm. and again, I apologize for asking for clarity. And not at all. Do not apologize. Is, this is, is your show. Onslaught, Charles Xavier's repressed memories and Magneto's whatever, or is he rogue? Like, what? Is, what what are the rules here? <laughs> the, the rules are unclear, but basically okay. he's he's from from what I interpreted, and and Josh, feel free to correct if I'm wildly off base. But from what I interpreted, he's basically all of like Xavier's like naughty thoughts and like bad, uh, you know, 
his his worst self basically like but but ex- because xavier is uh you know a very powerful you know telepath right. this has manifested itself in like a whole nother being and right. when charles erased magneto's mind right um he took all of the dark and horrible parts of magneto and for some reason backed them up in his brain as well uh right. either consciously or subconsciously this and is that, possibly that all melded this and is that, yeah, this is possibly that there are no bad parts of Magneto. Continue on. Yes, I, I, I get that. <laughs> uh, however, this is why we also see that this is like Charles's dream mixed with Magneto's dream right. becomes Onslaught. So basically the whole idea of the ends justify the means is, is but with Xavier's dream. Right, right, right. So... Yeah, the worst parts of both of them, both of their ideals, um, not the worst parts of them. I, I will not say anything bad about Magneto. He's always right. Good. Right. Damn right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so, so the ability to absorb Franklin and whoever else is just unexplained and or bad writing? No, it's just, it's a it's a cry for power. Though the, the Charles and Magneto part is actually explained in the next bit uh, because Charles and Joseph basically are sitting there and they talk about how they're both responsible for onslaught. And Joseph asked Xavier, he's like, I can't remember who I am, but as the person who knew me best, am I the monster everyone says I am? Right. And Charles breaks it down this way. And he says that Magneto's dream in the light of a ho- being a Holocaust survivor, he says, while it didn't claim him, while he, while, it, while, being a Holocaust survivor did not destroy him. It did scar him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Don't so, <laughs> while he, and, and so Magneto's moving forward is he wanted to protect all mutants from the same fate. Right. So he says that was a noble dream, which is something that he knows well. But as time went on, Magneto started to basically decide that the ends justify the means and he got lost. So that is Charles's summation of magneto to joseph is that you weren't a bad guy and your ideas weren't necessarily bad but because of your trauma you went about things in a way that would not be deemed that i did not deem acceptable and is is this i mean there's been you know several things that xavier's done up is this where the like xavier is a jerk and an asshole kind of starts no no (laughs) no you see, see back to faking his death and not telling any of his fucking students about it. He's uh, always been an asshole. He is always. <laughs> well, Professor Xavier has never been a good dude. Which is which is interesting because I think it's an interesting evolution of a character from like of of learning that well maybe Magneto's got a little bit right maybe the ends you know do just by me maybe these humans can't be trusted but if Magneto's always been an an asshole is he just like is he just hypocritical Magneto? Like, are they different? That's yes and no. Question. Yeah, I would I would say yes and no. Okay. Um, yeah. Xavier is supposedly, and, and this is, again, this goes back to the very beginning, and it's the right. genius of, of Stan Lee and then Claremont, yeah. is, is there is so much gray in the black and white that is normally comics, right. um, especially in the X-Men. Um, okay. That looking at it, that's, that's why the whole meme of Magneto was right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's true, depending on how you look at it. 
you know, if right. I mean that, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to speak way out of turn and I may edit this out later, sure. but it's a wonder that the Jewish people have not risen up and killed us all, uh, you yeah. know, hey, for, look, for, we still for got all this shit. Yeah. <laughs> for all the shit that has happened to both the 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 uh roma and jewish people it is a wonder that they have not somehow figured out how to just take us all out before we do it again uh but that's that's the thing is it's just yeah mutants mutants are the allegory for every right yeah suppressed minority in one way or another magneto just doubled down right because they took the biggest injustice in history yeah and, and and attributed it to one person that survived it so i can't necessarily blame magneto for almost anything that he does because well, he's doing it from a place of no humanity will do this again yeah and and i guess from the outside i always kind of read for lack of a better term the the x-men comics as you know charles is the is the pure character is the light character and Magneto is dark. And in that you find the gray and that they both have good points. Where it so sounds like maybe they've both been gray characters all along. The way the way that this originally formatted, and again, Josh, feel free to step in if I'm if I'm way out of line, but the way that I, I've always understood the X-Men to to be uh, written is that it's an originally was an allegory for the civil rights movement and Xavier was the stand-in for Martin Luther King and Magneto was the stand-in for Malcolm X. Yes, absolutely. 100%. And, okay. Yeah. Well, and, and as someone who doesn't know enough uh, about that movement to, to have a, a full take on it, it seems like the further down we get in history, we find that both of those characters, or not both, both of those characters in the way that media and history has presented them, they are full real humans, but much like Magneto and Xavier, it's it's easier to write a narrative of Martin Luther good, Malcolm X bad, because of uh, the way they went about working for equality. That's sure. the typical revisionist white history. Uh, yeah. Yes. And where both of them were probably more gray than history wants to paint them. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And so ironically, the analogy of Martin Luther King and Magneto, or of Martin Luther King and Malcolm X may map onto how Xavier and Magneto have actually been written. And again, from the outside, from all four of those personalities, I've always kind of seen it as like, one's good, one's bad, right? Because, you know, the X-Men are the good guys. And I mean, it's the brotherhood right. of, of evil mutants. Like it's, you know, you get what you get on the pen. Which <laughs> there, is a, there is a certain point in the 90s where that has just changed to the brotherhood well, of yeah, mutants. Yeah. Well, and yeah. Well, and ironically, a lot of titles in comics get changed because, as we were saying way back at the beginning, these things that start as extreme characters of reality become less and less, you know, satirical. Right. More and more prescient, really. Yeah. And there's not a lot of difference between Ted Cruz and, and uh, Kelly, well, right, Robert I mean, Kelly, you know? I did find that article, by the way, and it's he wasn't based. So Senator Kelly was not based on Mike Pence. He just looks exactly like him, <laughs> um, and that came up during you know the 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 presidential elections. You know, back in like 2015, 2016, people were pulling yeah. that out, and they're like, "This you, bud?" 
<laughs> well, and, and to oversimplify the last 60 years of American history, particularly through the lens of evangelical Christians having more power, of, well, of having, of having political power at least, uh, it feels like that group has moved from fear-based to hate-based. Sure. Right? Like, the, like, they're saying the quiet parts out loud, but I also think more people are in touch with the quiet parts, if that makes sense. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm not gonna, I'm not, no argument for me there. Yeah. And, and that's like, and, and I think that's, what's, what's terrifying is, is it, uh, that, that'll destroy your hope faster than anything. Right. Yeah. Cause if there's someone that's been taught to fear, which is right. Central to the X-Men, right. The humans fear the X-Men. Well, Xavier thinks that can be changed because the people in power have used fear for so long and the X-Men, right. That, taught to defend those who fear them. Charles's hope was always in that people can be shown there's no fear there and then the the bigotry can stop. But if your bigotry is based on hate, you can't do anything about that. Right. There is a very thin line between fear and hate. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, absolutely. and that is that is in fact what we have found, I believe, this this century. You know absolutely I two thousand on has really been fear turning to hate. Well, and I think it's been people who hate have always used fear and then they found out they could just use hate. Yeah. Right. Which which again is is it's terrifying and it's and it's it's hard to watch because I've watched I have uh right went to a, a Christian high school. I have not checked in with teachers in, you know, 10 15 years because I don't want to know I don't want to know that they're hateful. Right? Yeah. I don't, it's it, it Schrodinger's evangelical, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I can take the good stuff they gave me and I can deconstruct the bad stuff they gave me and I just don't have to know. Yeah, no, I totally get it. I don't totally. have to know, but it's, yeah, it's... It's rough. We live in such a weird part of history. Right. <laughs> truly, truly. Yeah, it, well, that's, yeah, it is. It's, it's, well, and it's just, it's, I live in Southern Indiana. And I live closest to a, a small college town. So if you want to find people who are progressive to the point of dangerous hedonism, I bet you I could find them. <laughs> if you want, and if you want to find people- Dangerous that, hedonism might be my next tattoo. I was, was, was going to say, good, good sir, you're talking to a couple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you know what? We're like, uh, there's a difference between acceptance and permission, right? Sure. Absolutely. And again, I'm not going to be the one to draw that line because my camp has drawn it in such the wrong way and shape and form with fear and hate for the last 50 years that I don't even know where it is. So I don't, I don't, I don't get to make that line anymore. Uh, but I'll say you could find someone like that next to me. And I could also introduce you to someone who is a flat earther and thinks that in another year and a half, everyone who got the first round of vaccines is going to die. <laughs> like, yeah, but I in the meantime, I get 6G. <laughs> But yeah, which is, so... I, look, I, I didn't get any superpowers. Uh, I didn't get the, yeah. Well, it's just, it's. Uh, yeah, you need a booster, my friend, because your Wi-Fi kind of sucks right now. Well, I, <laughs> I got a booster like a month ago. Again? Yeah. yeah. All, Apparently. All, all that to say, I grew up in California, was educated in Chicago, and live in Southern Indiana. It's a lot Ooh. to process. Yeah, you got the you got the the whole uh, the whole gamut coast, right coast there. Coast to coast. Yeah, I really do. Like uh, 
Seth McMahon or uh, Shane McMahon dropping off or jumping off of a turnbuckle. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I I, I guess to, to I keep having this conversation with my parents about how we are very close to another sibling, mm-hmm. and they one thousand percent say absolutely not. It will never happen. I'm like, there, and and their whole thing is, it, we will never have the north versus the south. And I'm like, no, 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 no. We will have urban, urban versus rural is yep. what we will have. Uh, and it, it it is coming because all it takes is one more injustice to one or perceived injustice to one side or another. And it's just going to be fucking horrible. Uh, <laughs> so Onslaught pulls all the memories from X-Men about the Age of Apocalypse to review them. And he's infuriated by them since the world belonged to mutants and they screwed it up. <laughs> all right, fair. Uh, Xavier gets in a hover plane and goes to fight Onslaught himself. Gene detects him doing this and psychically warns all the X-Men. Uh, Onslaught finishes absorbing X-Men and drops him in the pocket with Franklin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charles approaches Onslaught, tries to reason with him, saying mutant kind and humanity must live together. Like, basically still assuming that Onslaught is functioning on Magneto's uh, idea. Okay. Um, Onslaught says, no, I've really thought about it, and really everyone needs to die. <laughs> right. That, that is the end of that issue. Marvel Onslaught Universe is the name of the uh, the issue that I could not think of earlier. Charles and Onslaught face off when the X-Men arrive. There's a big fight, which is joined by the Fantastic Four and the Avengers. Mm-hmm. Inside, Franklin and X-Men get to talking. X-Men wants to give up, but Franklin says Xavier told him to fight, but he couldn't do it alone, so maybe now together they can. All right. uh, Onslaught creates a second sun to melt the Earth. <laughs> Perfectly reasonable response. I... Xavier, Cable, and Joseph all kind of gather and they're like, okay, it's going to be the three of us. We're going to climb up on slot and we're going to free the people that are inside of him. Sure. All the heroes start trying to fight him using a plan from Doom. Doom okay. Doom pretty much like shows up and is like, I have the plan that will save us all. <sighs> and like, Everyone's like, I, I don't know. And Cap's like, no, nah, if Doom has a plan, it's probably actually really fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> we'll allow it. <laughs> yeah. So Vision bonds with Rogue. Oh, no. Yeah. Jean <laughs> Grey. Oh, my God. I wish Bear was here for this. Hulk goes to Jean Grey and goes, I know how I can help. And she goes, okay, cool. He's like, go into my head and turn off Banner. Just completely get rid of Banner for a little bit. And she's like, what? What?" And he's like, yeah, I need zero humanity to fight this dude. <laughs> so she's like, all right. And turns, basically shuts off the Banner part of Hulk's mind, giving Hulk 100% Hulk. Uh, so Rogue bonds with inorganic material and Banner shuts down the quest. He, the only thing he's ever wanted. Hulk, well, no. Yes, actually. Yeah. I'm, I'm um, like, but they're it, both like pure forces of nature at this point. I, I feel like like strategically, that's how you use your your army to fight this onslaught. But character wise, none of that follows anything that's ever been established. <laughs> the, 
if you want, Josh, you can just clip that out and I can go do other things. Nope, nope, not at all. Not at all. Put that in. Um, Yeah, so they all all hit and uh, it works. Uh, The armor cracks and breaks, like shatters, but it releases Onslaught as pure energy into the environment. Uh, It also gets rid of the second sun, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Reed, looking at it, surmises that a physical form traps Onslaught. So he tells this to Thor, and Thor's like, well, I know what to do. And he flies into the energy and starts absorbing it. Other heroes take the cue from him, and they all start running in as well. Some of the mutants start to go in, and Reed's like, nope, nope, don't. As we've seen, as normal people go in, energy is depleted. If mutants go in, energy starts to grow because the original base of what Onslaught is is all mutant DNA. And he's like, the only one that this works with is Scarlet Witch, who is creating a hex around herself to basically uh, change her X gene. Yeah. Somehow. Uh, (laughs) Again. Yeah. Reed also looks around and is like, has anyone seen Doom in a while? (laughs) by the way uh it is a totally just me note but every note that has doom's name it is capital d-o-o-m all caps d-o-o-m is there a different way to write it i i don't don't think so yeah (laughs) um so meanwhile joseph and xavier have climbed up onslaught and are trying to reach through all the energy and into the pocket to rescue X-Men and Franklin. Um, mm-hmm. Hawkeye and Iron Man find Doom, who has a pile of, like, batteries that can capture psychic energy. And he's just, like, holding them up, filling them, and putting them to the side <laughs> to use later. Um, they blow up the batteries, and then right. Iron Man is like, you know, we need you for something else. Grabs him and throws him into the energy. Perfect. And then they follow. Uh, the Fantastic Four jump in, uh, and but before they do, Reed's like, "Once we go in to the to all the mutants, just light this dude up with everything you've got." Um, so they jump in, and then the X Men unleash with all the attacks, the the ranged attacks that they have. They explode onslaught okay. to the horrified eyes of all of the humans still alive in New York. <laughs> Franklin and X-Men are freed, but all of the non-mutant heroes are gone. No bodies, no nothing. Uh, back on a building, Apocalypse and Uatu are talking, and Apocalypse like, well, my age is coming now. And Uatu, <laughs> Uatu is like, well, maybe, but that's just one of many possibilities. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> in Uncan- if that's the end of that issue. Uncanny three thir- Uncanny X Men three thirty seven. Wolverine is talking to Xavier about change. Wolverine points out that onslaught only happened because Xavier was trying to save uh, Wolverine. Um, Xavier says no good deed goes unpunished, uh, and he says in one moment he did more damage than all of the good that he has ever done, um, which is kind of like what we were talking about mm-hmm. in Central Park. Bastion is watching Grayson Creed give a conference in which he lays the blame for all the heroes' deaths 
at the feet of mutant. Peter Parker is there for the Daily Bugle and thinks the guy is a sleazeball. J. J. Jonah Jameson and Robbie, uh, in my notes, it says uh, they talk about Trump. Uh, (laughs) Because they're talking about Grayson in in a way that is very, like, Look at all the good he did. Yeah, but he killed all these people. Like, you know, look at his face. Like, J. Jonah Jameson is so pro-MAGA in this. Oh, yeah. Uh, So, but at one point, J. Jonah Jameson, wisely, because JJJ, when done right, is a true newspaper man. Yeah. Basically tells Robbie to get everything on Grayson. Like, he's like, okay. It's time to really research this dude if I'm going to go behind him. Right. Um, Scott is wandering around being a whiny bitch <laughs> uh, because that's what Scott is. Um, Beast startles him by like being like, hey, if you're in the paper today, and like Scott's like, bah! <laughs> like <laughs> zaps him. Um, while he does that, Iceman pulls a prank on both of them, and then Scott zaps him. Gene is naked except for a robe in the kitchen, uh, making breakfast because of course she is. Uh huh. Yeah, this is some bullshit. Uh, Quicksilver is also in the kitchen with her because his wife and sister are both dead, so he might as well just hang out with the X Men. I didn't mention Crystal at all before this. She's an inhuman married to Quicksilver. She was in the fight too because she's an Avenger. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, Bastion is in a warehouse building a better Sentinel. Uh, one dude asks, like, really, do we need to do this? And Bastion slaps the shit out of him, uh, (laughs) for no reason. The X-Men was in, okay, this is, this is straight out of my notes. The X-Men have breakfast together, and I don't know why this issue was included. I would have been mad to have spent money on this. (laughs) Uh, X-Men number 57, at Cerebro. Xavier searches for himself and finds nothing. His <laughs> X-Gene seems to be gone. So he does the logical thing and deletes all the files on himself. Yeah, all right. Val Cooper arrives as the chairwoman of the Committee of Mutant Affairs uh, to the mansion. She is to take Xavier to Washington to face charges. The X-Men, unsurprisingly, are opposed to the idea. Storm is the voice of reason and points out uh, that... Xavier uh, suffered a mental breakdown, killed hundreds, including almost 30 heroes, and says the line, with great power comes great responsibility. Save the line, Bart. Save the line. (laughs) The X-Men start to come around, except for Wolverine, who pops his claws and is like, I'll kill you. Um, Beast elsewhere meets Trish Trilby in a park due to his kidnapping and near death. Hank wants to apologize and tell Trish he loves her. Gene has taken Val's side in the debate. Bobby asks, uh, what if it happens again? And Val points out that if it happens again, no one will survive because humanity will fight back to the death. Bastion meets with J. Jonah Jameson at a cafe and basically like subtly threatens him to stop investigating Creed. Uh, And he's like, I know most of your history. J. Jonah Jameson who is a fucking baller, throws his wallet at Bastion and says, the rest is in there. Driver's license, credit cards, date books, movie rental card. Bastion is like, oh, you hold to your convictions. Good day then. Gets up and leaves. Uh, Back at the mansion, Joseph comes out to defend Xavier and Val is like, 
You're harboring Magneto? <laughs> Wolverine is like, I'm gonna kill someone. Before Xavier walks in, interrupts everyone, and surrenders himself to the government. Uh, but is uncharacteristically nice to everyone before he leaves. He's basically like, you're all my children. I love you very much. And I'm like, you are not Xavier. Uh, <laughs> what have you done with Xavier? Right. That is the end of that issue. Now we get to the Onslaught epilogue. Woo! Oh my god, the yeah, finally, finally. <laughs> Xavier is being kept in a defunct Hulkbuster facility by Bastion and is being interrogated. He has been reduced to a moniker. He is just called M13. Henry Gyrick is an assistant asking a bunch of questions that Bastion ignores. Uh, Bastion talks about how mutants aren't human uh, to Xavier, and Xavier compares him to Hitler. <laughs> Bastion then beats up a crippled man in a wheelchair. For good measure, Xavier. Yes, it sure okay. is. Was this part of was this part of your onslaught, Leia? No, it was not. Fantastic. <laughs> a new character named Doctor Thyssen arrives to do a complete psych evaluation of Xavier. She has an assistant who is Special Operative Daryl Smith, who is a mutant hunter. Um, <laughs> they're looking at Xavier on the monitors and, and are getting a debrief. When the monitors instead start showing a kids program called Rainbow Bears. Awesome. Meanwhile, in Xavier's cell, another mutant designated M9 portals into Xavier's cell and introduces herself as Nina. She is like a six-year-old girl. She tells him she can tell he's a good guy and telekinetically like pulls his wheelchair up, puts Charles back in it, uh, and gives him a stuffed rabbit named Henry. Oh. Um, Bastion enters Xavier's cell, and Nina's, like, suddenly gone. Bastion is going to, to... And he's like, how did you do that? How did you put the bears on my monitors? And Xavier's like, you're losing it, dude. Uh, Bastion is going to beat Xavier, and Smith stops him. Uh, so Bastion has Smith arrested and placed in a cell. Uh, Bastion then tells Tyson to do her eval. The psych evaluation is not very forthcoming. Both the doctor and Xavier dance around things we already know. She's basically asking questions, and he's giving half, like, answers, and it was not worth putting in my notes. Mm -hmm. uh, outside, Gyrick and Bastion meet to discuss M9. Uh, Bastion says she's too dangerous to reach puberty, so she will need to be executed. Gyrick says Smith has a natural psi blocker. Uh, so Bastion's like, oh, great, so she can't affect him. Let him go and give him the kill order to kill this, like, little girl. Yeah. Nina visits Xavier again. And reveals that she can't read Bastion's thoughts, but she can read everybody else's. She also reveals that she knows Xavier can read thoughts. And he's like, oh, I can't right now. And she's like, oh, your power's just turned off. Would you like me to turn it back on? It's just, is, this, is this girl clippy or what? <laughs> this girl is a uh, 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 precursor to, what was the name of the girl in uh, House of X? Oh, the uh, living, the living, uh, Deus Ex Machina. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Same, okay. same, same archetype. Okay. Editor's note. Uh, the name is Layla Miller and she is from House of M, not House of X. Uh, Xavier says he's not ready for it to, his, his powers to be turned back on yet. Uh, Xavier is like, man, I wish we had a phone. And Nina's like, oh, well, there's one on Henry, which starts ringing. Uh, Xavier calls Renee Majcombe, who is like an old ex-girlfriend of his and a human. 
Tyson uh, sees the Rainbow Bears come back up on the monitors and is like, there must be something going on in his cell and like races back to Xavier's cell where Nina's still there because she's like, oh, I forgot Henry. And uh, Xavier's like, oh my God, I told you not to appear in front of anybody. And Nina's like, no, 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 it's okay. She doesn't have any bad thoughts in her head, not like everybody else. So Xavier explains to Tyson that she's a pure soul. Uh, Nina points out Tyson is a nice lady and doesn't want to kill her like Gyrick does. And he's not, and and she's not sending people to confirm the kill order. Wow. Xavier creates a distraction by escaping on a hover sled as Tyson and Nina go to escape only to run into Smith. Xavier and Tyson are captured and thrown back into their cells. Smith presents Nina's dead body to Gyrick saying he snapped her neck and that Tyson and Xavier were mind-controlled by her. Uh, They throw the body bag into a helicopter, but once it's airborne, the bag Nina's body in turns out to be empty. The guards go, like, one of them is like, should we report this back? But the guards have been so, like, beaten down by Bastion to not question anything that happens that they're like, nope, we're in orders not to question anything, so they don't. Okay. I actually like that part. That's that's fine. <laughs> that's that's actually one of the most acceptable parts of the storyline. Yes. <laughs> Two days later, Tyson visits Xavier to say goodbye. She says she's being redesigned and tell uh, reassigned and tells the story of Nina's death. Uh Nina looked right at Smith and said, You're one of us, aren't you? To which Smith said, That's right, honey, and I'm sorry I have to do this to your pal, but it's the only way. Uh, at that moment, Henry begins to ring, and it's Renee Majcombe who is driven out to the middle of the desert and picked up this little girl who is safe, uh, and the little girl tells the story of how, right after Smith said that, he knocked out, uh, the doctor, um, and then Nina, as they're driving away, says she wants to be like Xavier when she grows up, and she's gonna be sure to turn him back on someday. Uh, that could have been and- yeah, that and could be. the last line that I have in my notes are Finn, fuck. <laughs> I mean, so that was Onslaught. Yes, I yes, have it no was. notes. <laughs> why Just is utter, Gardel- utter, story, utter storytelling perfection? I have no notes. So, <laughs> why don't we go back to an earlier question, Jesse? Why does God allow suffering? <laughs> so there's this snake, right? No, <laughs> Just like a preacher blaming it on Satan. I mean, he's a pretty good fall guy. <laughs> it's almost as if he were made for it. Or she, if it's Gwendolyn Christie. That's true. Or they. This is, this is true. It, it is almost as if it was made for it. Um. So, how you doing, buddy? Uh, I mean, so, so good. Um, I, so what I knew of Onslaught was it connected to Heroes Reborn. And what I knew of Heroes Reborn was Franklin Richards made this cute little alternate universe for the heroes to be safe in. Yes, that's what he did. He and uh, X-Man did that you find out. So they are in an alternate reality. All of them, except for the mutants. Right, which like, okay, fine that, like, you don't read, like, on the, like, right, behind the scenes, they're giving it to the guys from Image to be cool and hip and whatever. Uh, And make Captain America's pecs the size of double D breasts, yes. I mean, sure. 
as somebody with triple D's, I can say that those are bigger than mine. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's uh, have we talked about how unfortunate the '90s were? Um, <laughs> yes. We may we may have touched on that at some point. <laughs> this, this is my takeaway: You're going to move the Avengers to another universe, and you want to make a hoo ha about that and sell some books beforehand. Okay, cool. Why in an X Men story? Like what? Like like did they take? We've got this onslaught story, and we've got this thing that's happening publication wise. What if for three issues, Thor and Captain America show up and beat up on robots, and then like go into a portal and that like. Well, it's just why, which has been my, the only the only question I have is why. A lot of this story can be summed up with the simple rhetorical question of who hurt you? Yeah, yeah <laughs> it's, uh, it's true. It just it feels it just feels very 90s style over substance. Very much so. Very, very, very much so. Yes. Uh, my other takeaway is now that Disney owns everything, can we have instead of recap pages or editor's notes? Just half Statler and Waldorf recap every <laughs> Marvel comic. Can we just? I I would love that, right? But I kind of love that in this it was Apocalypse and the Watcher. Yeah, I mean it 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 works it, specifically for that specifically for that story. It, it works pretty well. But I just like that because because at one point like Statler comes down from the balcony, tries to do shit, goes back up, and Waldorf's like, "You idiot." I mean, that's yeah. not without precedent. That's happened. They've been that's, I was going to say, like, I, I, it's, that's not too dissimilar from what happened in the What If animated series, really. Mm. Also that. Um, can we just redesign Watu to look like Statler and Orwell? <laughs> <laughs> just say nothing. Just say nothing. Um, I mean, Statler's, Statler is bald-headed. I mean, he has the yes. two tufts on right, the side. Right, so we so. can make the Watcher look less like a giant weird baby. And more like it's an old man. Very I guess. <laughs> I suppose. Yeah. No, th this story hurts because I always thought that like they started the new publication for the Avengers and then they retconned Franklin was like, oh, Franklin had this little pocket dimension and he kept them all safe. And now they're back in the 616. But instead, there's whatever this onslaught thing was. It, it, like onslaught's bad enough without being part of Heroes Reborn. Right. Sure. Heroes Reborn is bad enough without being a part of this. <laughs> agreed. Totally agreed. And no, then, this is just one bad thing into another. And like, I'm still hung up on the fact that like, okay, it would be fine if like one time Onslaught disappears. One time Onslaught turns into Charles Xavier, but like it's energy and a suit and it's Charles, but it's not Char like there's like, I don't, there's a, there's a bad guy called Holocaust and I can't follow the metaphor. I don't know if that's on me. The son of Apocalypse is Holocaust. That's pretty much all you have to do. Yeah. Right. Well, I, I, I Also, Franklin Richards is heavily involved in this. And yes. Captain America is explaining to the other heroes what Doom's up to. Yep. Not that Cap wouldn't know, but like, I don't know, Reed might also know. Like, <laughs> why is that even happening? Reed, Reed, Reed may have a bit of a of a clue, yes. <laughs> but just why are the Avengers here? They don't need to be here. I mean, I know it's a world-ending thing and they're going to show up and fight, but like... No, I totally get where you're coming from. I thought that their appearance was kind of whack. Well, and it wouldn't... Well, well, it's so they can get rid of them. Well, and the right. Fantastic Four. Did Fantastic Four start over as well? 
all of it started in yeah. Heroes Reborn. Everything was, except for was, mutants everything. and Spider-Man that for some reason stayed in the world. Right. Which again is this weird thing for like, uh, clearly somebody took two things and smushed them together because there's this story about Xavier and Magneto and mutants and humans and the fate of all of that and who gets to stay and who gets to go and what does the world mean with or without any of those people. And they're the only ones that don't leave at the, why? Why? <laughs> why? 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 Uh, again, I will point out to the, uh, the, the, the trivia that I learned about this, this arc uh, yeah. when I was, when I was doing a little bit of research, which is basically that the writers didn't quite know where this was going to end up. The other fun fact of trivia um, that I learned about this is that the, uh, the ending of the clone saga was delayed so that this could be put out. Um, and if you've listened to our episode on the clone saga, uh, you'll know how much Josh and I really enjoyed that and frankly wished it could have gone on for much longer. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no, why don't, why don't we tie the fucking clone saga into this bullshit? That'd be right. fantastic. <laughs> and that would have been the the second clone saga right no no wait because wasn't oh that's right the clone saga was then but it tied into crap from the 70s because yes yeah the jackal that's shit right. yes that's right um well i have a i have a a slightly uplifting note to end on um as i was thinking about the horrors of the clone sagas Onslaught is still better than Norman Osborn sleeping with Gwen Stacy. You are 100 correct. Yes. I mean, yes. <laughs> which was also which was also recently retconned. Yep. Finally, well, thank like, goodness. Oh, thank gosh. That, like it just, I won't. I won't even start. Um, <laughs> it's a low I, bar, but we cleared it, folks. We did right. it. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. So so that all happened. Mm-hmm. I I feel like. We all deserve a, a break. Yeah, I'm going to uh, take a nap after this. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jesse, thank you so much for, for joining us once yeah. again. Uh, this was this was a joy to learn and to have in my brain. Uh, I realized I put it on a list. I hadn't read it either. Uh, Leia hadn't read it either. So now it is something that we all know. Uh, and, and we'll never discuss it again. That's right. <laughs> Until we do the Heroes Reborn episode. No. <laughs> when that will be yours too, because there's zero X-Men in that one. No. <laughs> uh, please, everyone, tune in next time when we will d- be discussing probably the newest story we've done, Devil's Reign. Uh It'll be, it, it, it's a good street level, daredevil, kingpin, all of that kind of shit. Uh, I, am, story. I am excited to do this one. I think yes. that it's going to be a good time. Yep, I hope so too. I hope they do kingpin well, because I love me a good kingpin. Uh, Friend of the podcast, Adam Witt says it's a very good story, and I trust his judgment, so. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, because didn't he almost vomit when you said you were doing Onslaught? Yes, he had to, uh, he had to leave. Okay, good. <laughs> he was like, goodbye. I must go. So, so for a much better story, tune in to two weeks. But until then, take it away, Bandello. Conversation, some deep reactions, please. 
all this comics and ration ain't me. A little more talk, a lot less read. A little five babies is what I need. Close the trade, open up your brains. Explain it to me. Explain it to me, baby. Explain it to me. Explain it to me, baby. Explain it to me. Vendelo 2021.